The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Our next guest has had a hand in improving the future for tens of thousands of children. Uh, Mark Moore is the co-founder of Mana Nutrition, one of the world's leading suppliers of ready-to-use therapeutic food. It's the frontline defense against severe acute malnutrition, and you can help. Take a listen to a portion of a recent TED Talk. You see, for the first time ever, different technologies have come together. One of them is this I have in my pocket. It's a packet of therapeutic food. And it's called ready-to-use therapeutic food. Doctors Without Borders calls it a revolution in nutritional affairs. Now we have something, they say, that can cure a child who otherwise would die of malnutrition. We have it. It's just simple peanut butter. This past April, I got to stand in a nutrition clinic in South Sudan in a town called Juba. Juba's a rough place. And we walked out and we went out into one of the public health care centers. And when we walked in, kids were eating this, malnourished kids. The room was completely full of them, kids who otherwise would have died. If not for this stuff being invented probably 10 years ago, they would not be alive. And they were eating this stuff. But the cool thing about that day in Juba, and the reason we were there, is because those kids had that therapeutic food. Not because global food aid budgets provided it, not because anyone's taxes went up, and not because anyone felt sorry for them. But because employees from Johnson & Johnson in New Brunswick, New Jersey put on a Fitbit and went for a run. And we captured their calories and we turned them into 500 calorie packets of this. And not just in New Jersey, across Canada, people are turning in, um, they, they are turning their calories into a package of food that is saving the lives of children on the other side of the world. Uh, Mark Moore joins me in studio. Hi, Mark. Hi, thanks. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, as I read more and more about this today and watch some of the videos, your TED Talk about this, I mean, at one point, I would... Here it goes, because I'm a softie. I was in tears at one point. Uh, Anderson Cooper did a, a 60 Minutes um, feature, um, you know, uh, focusing on this product uh, a years back now. But maybe you can start by just kind of telling us, first off, that was from Stuffed and Starved. That's your TEDx, one of your TEDx ta- mm-hmm. talks. And you say that we, we what was it, uh, that uh, half the world is stuffed, half the world is starved, and, and you're really wanting to capitalize on the, those of us who may Maybe are stuffed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said the, the world's greatest minds are gathered in Edmonton. Unfortunately, they sent me. For the <laughs> so on. it's a step down. But uh, yeah, it's so simple that um, it's true. Right now, the world has a dysfunctional relationship with food. The word malnutrition, mal meaning bad, yeah. as in malpractice or something like that. Bad nutrition is plaguing us. And here in the in Canada and the United States, we're suffering from overnutrition, and it affects us. Um, and one might even say severe acute overnutrition, so much so it's limiting our life spans, it's causing heart problems, diabetes, and other things. And so the struggle we have with food, the wrong type of food, and inactivity, really, um, notice it's snowing outside of my way over here, so <laughs> you know, getting inside and not being very active, those things tend to plague us. And so one of our thoughts was, uh, and that, that term was coined by a guy named Raj Patel, who wrote a great book a few years ago called Stuffed and Starved. Mm-hmm. And in his book, he, he makes this observation to say that really bad nutrition, uh, there's two sides of that coin. 
There's the one we always talk about, which is uh, the really kind of dismal story of starving people far off, generally, stereotypically, in a yeah. place like Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's us uh, who are uh, in the Western world who are struggling. And that maybe those two could be joined. Maybe they're not two very different ends of a spectrum, but maybe they're just two sides of one coin. I love this. Um, you, in, in, your, in your TED Talk, you said calories are the new air miles. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was, that was appropriate because that's kind of what you've done here. And, and the reality is... is is malnutrition what was killing what five million kids yeah. every year at one point so what it's is a child that every eight seconds every eight yeah. seconds and, and that's and statistically that's more than AIDS more than malaria more than TB more than all of those combined probably times three so it's the silent killer that we nearly don't ever hear about. Well, not until, you know, someone takes notice and next thing we have a, a Live Aid concert or we have something exactly, and then, yeah. then it disappears from, from you know, everyday thought until, you know, there's another huge famine, there's another huge whatever. So you need to tell me, so Mana Nutrition, uh, one of the leading suppliers of this ready-to-use therapy food, and I have a package of it in my hand, and this is saving the lives of, of kids. What is it? It's really simple. It looks like, I wish you could see it here in her hands here, it looks like an oversized packet of ketchup from yeah. Tim Hortons. Yeah. It's, uh, that packaging is called a vertical form-filled packaging, or the technical term, but it's just uh, it, it wraps around, and these this is as big as an iPhone, so it's much bigger than a, a packet of ketchup might be. But it's that same type of stuff, and that packaging provides it a really long shelf life. It's peanut butter, powdered milk, and vitamins. And that's about it. And then, of course, nitrogen keeps it to a two-year shelf life. And it was developed by nutritionists, not by us. Mm-hmm. Uh, really some workers. A guy named Andre Bion, uh, another American uh, that's a French a researcher, and a guy named Mark Maneri in the United States were kind of teaming up on both the theoretical development of it and then the kind of practical implication of it in Malawi. And so they... That basically, if you have a kid who's severely acutely malnourished, they've had this therapeutic milk. It's like a super mm-hmm. powerful baby formula that's designed specifically for kids who are compromised. Uh, and it works really well. The problem is, I can imagine if you are in uh, a developing world setting, you don't have fresh water, likely. No. And so if you, mi- if you mix that infant formula with bad water, you might yeah. harm a child. And then you don't have a long shelf life. Even here in Canada and the U.S., you'll see very stark warnings on infant formula saying, do not mix this and leave it sitting out on the counter. Uh, you know, even refrigerate it. They don't like for you to use it multiple use. Um, and then the, th- the, the third thing being that you, you got to mix it right. Yeah. So you have a child who's, the target of the stomach is maybe the size of a ping pong ball for yeah. these malnourished kids. So if you don't mix it exactly right, according to weight, you'll probably miss your target. So if you're trying to help, if you look out the back door of your clinic in a place like Somalia or a place like South Sudan or today in Yemen because of political difficulties, you're going to see a long line of moms who are good moms who have brought their kids to be treated. And the frustration of the physicians is if you have this powdered milk, you have to check them in mm-hmm. and oversee it. You can't mm. just turn them loose with it. And so, um, yeah, these researchers developed this idea. What if we dump that? The simple idea is, and it's interesting to be at Singularity where everybody's so smart. And yeah. We're talking about brain science. And <laughs> it's just amazing to be over there to see what humans are doing. Um, and then this is so simple because uh, it lo- it it's looks, just peanut butter and powdered milk. Yeah. It, it looks like it's just like peanut butter in a, in a package. And mm-hmm. the kids... It tastes great. It tastes like the inside of a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, really? So it's pretty tasty. And, and I'm watching uh, on videos kids eating this and the drastic difference in days, the impact that it, it has almost immediately on these kids. That's staggering. Yeah. The, the best analogy I think I could come up with is if we look at this table we're sitting in front of... Um, 
and you imagine that that tabletop is Somalia. Mm-hmm. Nearly every kid born today in Somalia it will be born hungry to a hungry mom and living on a nutritional cliff. And what we need to do is push them away from that edge. You know, our kids have problems and they fall down. And when they do, they skin their knee. Mm-hmm. But these kids, when they fall, go right off the mm-hmm. edge. And so that analogy of living on the edge of a nutritional cliff, um, it's deadly. So you get malaria or your dad loses a job yeah. or your government's corrupt or a multiple, you know, that's why it's so complicated to treat malnutrition is because you have so many things going. And imagine your phone sitting on the very edge of a table where if you bump that table, it's going off. You can't control what's going to bump the table, but you could move the phone away. And so if we can move these kids back to the center into nutritional stability, and that's exactly what our UTF does. It's not, uh, they don't need it forever. No. uh, But it does solve their problem and their problem is a clinical problem it doesn't mean they won't get hungry again but it means that they're stable for maybe for the first time in their life so when you see these pictures the before and after pictures it's a transformation it's remarkable six weeks they'll double their weight yeah there was one in the anderson cooper um piece i think there was one baby in three days or in in one week had put it was six months old it weighed six six pounds and in one week it had put on a pound. Yeah. That's amazing. And then that continues for six weeks. And yeah. it's part of a holistic program. So it's not just the, the peanut butter. You have to get in. It's called CMAM, Community uh-huh. Management of Acute Malnutrition. World Vision Canada is a big leader in that. And uh, so is uh, Doctors Without Borders. Um, and those are holistic training treatment programs to say, let's get your child headed towards stability. But then let's start talking about um what kind of foods that are available to you that are within your culture that aren't packaged in from a long way away. So, Mark, when you said, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to raise enough money to build a <laughs> to build a, a, a factory to make this. What was it that, that pushed you to do that? Well, I was, I had lived in Uganda, East Africa for 10 years. My wife and I were development workers mm-hmm. and working in rural communities. And I'd moved home. We have four kids. So our mm-hmm. three kids were born there in, in Africa. And um, moved home and went to grad school. And then I landed a job in the U.S. Senate. I was working um, as an Africa sort of specialist, looking mm-hmm. at various issues that might pop up. And we got talked a lot about nutrition that was new to me. And then I learned about RUTF and thought, wow, if you're ever going to tap into U.S., funds for this. It's got to be, unfortunately, a U.S. Uh, there's, there are things that need to change mm-hmm, about food mm-hmm. aid, but the Canadians and the Americans provide a huge chunk of the global food aid that goes out. And the way we do it, we do it a little differently. You guys are a little more generous, but uh, <laughs> we uh, there are some self-serving aspects to it in the state. So that's a big political discussion, but part of the reality is unless you change the laws, uh, there needs to be a U.S. player. And so I thought, well, I'd be, what if a nonprofit started that wasn't interested in profit, wasn't interested in putting local communities out mm-hmm. of business, but was only interested in tapping into U.S. dollars that are now not available? And that's what we did. So we raised some money, about $13 million, and... We built a factory in the middle of a peanut field. In the middle Georgia, of a, which it, I had never been to Georgia, so I'm much more familiar with Canada. Well, yeah, and, and North Carolina is home for you for you now. But you, as you mentioned, you lived in in Washington D.C. So that this is in in Georgia, and over what the past uh, number of years, millions of dollars worth of these yeah. have been have been. We make shipped. about ten every second, so uh, there's a lot flying out of there. And there, the UN looks at this as to a uh, two. Uh, 
there's kind of two sides to it. One is the surge capacity. When you have a big problem, you need to make a lot. You need to yeah. make it fast, and you need the supply chain. And the supply chain for food, especially for therapeutic food for comp- compromised kids, is basically baby formula. Yeah. So the supply chain for that is milk. Uh, if you're not in a Western setting, it's going to be really hard to find dried milk. So uh, there's a big plant in Kenya. There's one in South Africa that are able to source things, but usually they're searching all over the world to source the ingredients. For yeah, I was going to say, how challenging would it be to to do this, make these packages? them in Africa, let's say. Yeah, people itself. are doing it. Yeah. It's very encouraging. And it's 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 definitely the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, even you would think, uh, I've spent a lot of time in many African countries, and I would say it's rare to go to a village setting in East Africa anyway and not get peanuts. But those peanuts, what we now know, have a lot of stuff called aflatoxin in them, and you, you have to source your peanuts far away, usually in Argentina, to even make it in Africa. No so. peanut allergies? Any no peanut kids allergies. there? No, only in Canada and the U.S. We're the ones that have that problem. Let's take a break here at three uh, 350. When we come back, uh, Mark Moore from Manu Nutrition. We're going to talk a little bit more on how you can get involved and how Canadians have been getting involved. Um, this is this has been a fun a fun idea to help uh, raise some of that cash to to get these uh, ready to use therapeutic therapeutic food packages to deal with severe acute malnutrition to where it needs to be right after this. Mark Moore, uh, Mana Nutrition, joining me in studio this afternoon. And Mana is one of the world's leading suppliers of ready-to-use therapeutic foods, um, which are helping. It's, you know, they call it the frontline defense against severe acute malnutrition. Um, doctors have called this a revolution when it comes to dealing with uh, kids with severe malnutrition. Uh, it's great. It doesn't need uh, water. Uh, you don't have to cook it. it. It lasts for a long time. And really focusing on kids, certainly, let's say, you know, for folks on Africa, under kids under the age of six years yeah, of age, um, one to three seems to, you know, newborns to three seems to be a, a really big window there. So, uh, MANA has also done something. So, not only doing this, but are, are getting people involved. Um, you know, first off, there's there's a number of organizations that are big uh, supporters of this because it's helping the work that they do. World Vision, Doctors Without Borders, and, and the list goes on and on. But America Americans and Canadians are doing their part to help get this product overseas as well. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So we, a few years ago, we um, kind of surprised ourselves and said, hey, look, we actually have succeeded at building a big factory that makes this and we can make it at scale and we are supplying the UN and the World Food Program. And those things tend to be done by big tenders or, or RFPs that come out and yeah. you, you basically say I can have it done for this much at this much time and you win some you lose some and based on when they need it or when you can get it out but it's very boring like, there's no creativity <laughs> to it and and it, and it makes you think the global budget for our UTF is around 250 million dollars which sounds like a lot but I read a stat recently that last year Americans spent 500 million dollars on Halloween costumes for their pets mm. so we are halfway to Halloween costumes for pets and yeah. <laughs> uh, part of that makes me think well we're terrible people. We should not be that way. And my, my wife said, you got to quit using that stat because we have a Halloween costume for our pet. <laughs> so we're that shallow as well. But the what makes me kind of excited about that is that that means I, I can just imagine a couple of guys sitting around in a bar saying, hey, you know what? I dressed my chihuahua up in a Halloween costume and people loved it. I think I could sell them on Amazon. And all of a sudden it's a $500 million uh-huh. business. So where is that kind of innovation and creativity and energy um, and entrepreneurialism for on behalf of these kids. So that's what we thought. What if, instead of sitting around waiting on tenders, we said, hey, there's plenty of extra calories floating around in the U.S. and in Canada. What if we went and said, go for a run, hop on a bike, 
go do something you love to do that you want to do anyway, and we will capture those calories and turn them into packets. So the idea that, uh, as you said from the TED Talk, that calories could be the new air miles and we could actually trade them. Um, you know, I think of the history of Edmonton. Somebody drilled a hole in the ground and there was oil. Yeah. And then you think, oh my gosh, I'm in Edmonton. Nobody here has any money. Mm-hmm. So you got to pipe it. Mm-hmm. That's a huge task. And, and we can pipe and send these through the internet. We can monetize and send these calories to kids who need them. And there is a marketplace. There are people who really want to get rid of them. You know, we're all paying money to go to the gym, to get weight loss supplements. There's lots of effort to get rid of these. And we could call them calories, but just this sort of extra weight, whatever it is uh, that each person is struggling with. Um, and could we share that with kids on the other side? So we started Active for Good. And Active for Good is in Canada right now. We're doing probably the most things I'm most excited about is in high schools in BC, in Langley, BC, and just around there just outside of Vancouver uh, we have done three different high schools and these kids are on fire for this issue because they get active so what do what do high school kids have tons of energy uh-huh. what do adults my age or age want to do we want them to get off their phones and get out and get active and then they need to for just for health reasons yeah and so what if we could have that win-win what if we could take the energy of kids and say hey get out get off your phone go run go do something and it, it's gonna roll up on your phone or your Fitbit or your Apple watch or whatever some way we'll track those calories and and the health kits that are in Apple or on Google phones are yep. amazing. They're really good at, at logging these. And we turn them into packets. So we have a, a the app is called Active for Good. At the conference right now, uh, everybody's competing. Yes. So you roll up your calories and then a little thing goes off. It's like a push push notification and it says, hey, you just made a packet. And Singularity has been very generous. So they're paying uh, for the next 30 days. They're going to pay for everyone's activity and turn them into packets. So we're... So what you, for example, at the high school then, you have, let's even just say the kids are bike riding or whatever it is, those calories get pushed up to a cloud somewhere. You capture that and say, okay, so this many calories that you've burned turns into this many packets. Yeah, packet, 500 calories. and, and, And a sponsor somewhere... Is is saying okay? We're going to cover the cost for those packets. Yeah. So out west in um, in Vancouver, they probably wouldn't want me using their name because they're very humble. But Starline Windows, big window company, yeah. they said, "Hey, we love our community. Uh, we would love to get kids active, and that's a good spend for us. And we and they care about this issue. So they're funding. They tell they're challenging all these high schools get active. We'll pay for your activity. So uh, they don't do it for typical reasons that someone would do for yeah. advertising. But yeah. I, I think there's an opportunity for a local company, someone listening, to say, I would love to be connected to that because it's the both and. It's, yeah. it's intensely local and that you're trying to solve a crisis for our youth to get them active and to get them out and get them off their phones and have them go enjoy how beautiful this summer is going to be. And you were telling me some of these kids are going over? In the next little, or there were some of the kids oh, going yes. to see yeah, this. We're going yeah, on a trip to Uganda. So this past fall, we did one and at a high school in BC, and we're taking about a dozen nice. uh, young people over to see the impact. They actually made these packets with their activity, yeah, and they're going to get to see the impact through well, television. Well, I love it, and I love the work you're doing. And again, the TED Talks, and uh, if you go to uh, manunutrition dot org, org, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you can find out all sorts of information about that. Now, you can't do this individually yet. Not yet. Not yet. You need a payer. Right? You do need yeah. a payer, but and, and but I love the idea. I download the app just in case. I thought, oh my gosh, that'll get me on the treadmill this morning. Uh, but keep up the good work, and if you want to find out more, again, it's org. Mark, thank you so much for this. Thank you.